Thanks, Dave. Appreciate that. And we love all of y'all. Glad that you're here. Glad that we're able to lead you in this uh, day and hour. And a lot of uh, a lot of things have changed throughout the years and the decades, but we know God is always the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Well, I want to welcome all of you here today. Those also joining us online, we're happy to have you with us today. And I uh, have been teaching you about the invisible kingdom, and we've been looking at how Jesus, when he came into the earth, said that the kingdom is now among you. And I've given you keys to the kingdom, the principles that he taught, the principles that he lived by. And we've just finished a six-week series on men of the kingdom and what that looks like. So now I want to talk specifically about women of the kingdom. And all the women were saying amen. I've subtitled this, Women of the Kingdom, Value. I want everybody to say value. A kingdom woman, by definition, is a female who consistently places herself under the rule of God. A female who consistently places herself under the rule of God. And I just want to say many women are struggling today in so many directions. They may look like Saks Fifth Avenue on the outside, but so often they feel bargain basement on the inside. But when you understand your value, ladies, and you understand the definition that God gives you as a woman of His kingdom, it will change the equation greatly. In Genesis chapter 1, I've shared with you in verses 26 and 27, and I'd like you to follow along with me. When God first came up with His plan for creation, He said in verses 26 and 27, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the sky, and over the creeping, or rather over the cattle, wait, I, 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 yes, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And then God created man in his own image, listen to this, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. In other words, they were created as equal participants in that plan with a function all their own, okay? So they were to be fully understood, fully used, and fully valued in the overall plan of God. So ladies, I want you to understand this today. You are not an accessory. You are a, an essential. You, you are not a bonus. You are critical 
to the plan of God. Because he says it right here, male and female, he created them. And then it says later on that God blessed them and gave them dominion, okay? It says that he gave them dominion and authority to rule on his behalf in the visible world as he rules in the invisible world. Now, Jesus, when he came to the earth, he even gave us authority in the invisible world. As we saw that on the video with Carmen and the witch's invitation. God has given us authority, whether you are male or female, in the kingdom of God, to put to flight demons, the powers of darkness. He said you would crush scorpions and serpents' heads. Amen? So, I want us to understand that when God created woman, He created man first because He had an order in mind. After God created Adam, I want you to know and hear this again, that God said it was not good that man should be alone. Now, when you read the creation account, you constantly hear that when God would finish a day, and every time he was done creating for that day, it would end with the phrase, and God saw that it was good. And after God made man, he looked at all that he had created, and after that, he said, behold, it is very good. But following that, in Genesis 2.18, it says, Then God said, It is not good. What is not good? For man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Everybody say, suitable helper. He said, I'm going to make a helper suitable for him. For him. Now, I want you to really grab a hold of this. He did not create another male. He created a female. People in our culture today need to be reminded of this. In fact, in verse 22, we read that the Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man... The Bible says he fashioned that woman. Now, listen to this. When God made Adam, he drew in the dirt. He blew into his nostrils the breath of life. But when he made woman, he fashioned her out of something he already created And that which he created had to be put to sleep. The first divine anesthetic, anesthesia, was given. Then he took the rib out of Adam. So Adam, listen to this, man first had to give up part of himself in order to get back that part which he needed. But when he got it back, it was a living, breathing human. And God let him name 
this creation. And he said, this is woman because she is flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. So he called her woman because she was taken out of man. Now hear this. God simply drew in the ground to make us men. But he fashioned a woman. He drew us into existence, but he fashioned her. That means he took his time. That means he, he, he fashioned her, he stitched her, he organized it, because he was up to something special. And I'll tell you what he was up to. He was creating a kingdom woman. Now, verse 22 goes on and says that the Lord God fashioned the woman... So let's do a little theology here. If you really want to appreciate how special you are, when God created light and the heavens and the stars and the earth and the animals and the sea life, the word for God there was Elohim. That's the creator God. That's the power God. I talked to you about that in in the kingdom men. That's the God who can take nothing from or take, take something from nothing, and what he simply does is speak into that nothing, and by speaking, something is created. That's what he did in creation. That is Elohim. But beginning in chapter 2, in verse 4, he adds a name. I want you to see this. Genesis 2, 4 says that In the day that the Lord God made earth and heaven. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day the Lord God made the heaven and the earth. At the beginning of that is when God begins to talk about mankind. So, that name, Lord, is the word Jehovah. And the word Jehovah, ladies, is God's self-revealing name. He's literally saying, this is personal. I am a personal God. This is his personal name. This is his personal side. When God wants to tell you something new about himself, he uses the name Jehovah in order to tell you something about his relationship with you. Can I walk you through this for just a second? Have you heard the name Jehovah-Jireh? What does that mean? He's like, you know what? I'm your provider. He says, there's also something else about me. I'm Jehovah-Shalom. You need peace? I'm Jehovah-Shalom. I'm your peace. He said, I'm also, I am Jehovah-Nisi. I am your banner. I am who you wave before an army. I am your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Rohi. Jehovah Rohi. I am your sanctification. Jehovah Makedesh. I am your righteousness. Jehovah Sidkenu. I am your healer. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the God who is always there. I am Jehovah Shammah. See, this is, this is personal. This is about God being your Lord. Everybody say, my Lord. You see, what God was saying to Adam and Eve, he's saying, I'm not simply your source of power. 
but I am your source, uh, I'm your source of power as you are in relationship with me. You see, so when God fashioned Eve, he used his power to turn a rib into a woman, but it was the Lord God who created Eve. Do you see that? So he created her for relationship with him as well as Adam. Now notice this at the end of verse, let's look at verse 22 again of Genesis 2. After he fashioned Eve. Now this is so important because we read on this and we really read over it and we don't catch it. But I want you to catch this. I want you to catch the last six words. What God does. He fashions into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man. Then what does he do? And brought her to the man. After he fashioned Eve, he then brought her to the man. So, I don't know if you've ever thought of this before, but before Eve was ever married to Adam, she was in effect single. And she belonged to God. Now walk with me on this. Before she belonged to Adam, she belonged to God. Before you are married, ladies, to any man, you are supposed to be married to the Lord. God knows nothing of a husbandless woman. Just thought I'd tell you that. You say, well, I'm single. I beg to differ. You have a heavenly husband. God is your husband. You say, now wait a minute, I'm single. I don't have a husband. Well, according to Isaiah chapter 54, you do. Look at verses 5 and 6. Because he says there, for your husband is your maker. Does that sound a lot like a creator? For your husband is your maker, whose name is the Lord of hosts. And your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, who is called the God of all the earth. For the Lord has called you. Say, my Lord. How has he called you? Like a wife forsaken and grieved in spirit. Even like a wife of one's youth when she is rejected, says your God. So if you have never been married or you have been married and your husband has gone to be with the Lord, God is your husband until he connects you to an earthly husband down here until he, like Eve, brings you to your Adam. Do you see it? You have a divine husband up there that you are married to and faithful to and committed to. Now, when God gave her to Adam, he gave her as a helper. Everybody say helper. He gave her as a helper, the Bible says, suitable to him. Two words, say this, helper, suitable. The phrase, a helpmeet, or suitable helper, is made up of 
the Hebrew word azer, E-Z-E-R, azer, meaning to aid, and it is used throughout the Bible of God's strength. That's the word used throughout Scripture when God wants to show His strength is azer, to aid with the strength of God. And then the next word is Kenegdow, K-N-E-G-D-O-W, Kenegdow, and that's the Hebrew word that means to be a counterpart. All right? Did you hear that? Counterpart. Not the same part, a counterpart. So when the two come together, what it really means, a helper suitable to him, is a collaborator. It means someone who brings the full weight of what God's strength is into a situation. It wasn't good that Adam was alone. He needed a suitable helper. So if you are married to a man and he is your husband, he should not just make decisions where your advice, where your thoughts, where your perspective, where your feelings, and where your contributions are not fully considered and fully valued. Are you hearing me? You, as a woman, as the wife, are to bring your ideas, your training, your gifts, and your calling. And I want to say this. He is worse off if he does not take that and embrace that. Now, I'm not saying he is going to do everything you want done. But he should at least hear you and consider you. Because if he does not take that and embrace that, he can get in trouble. But he can't embrace it. If you haven't embraced it, I'm going to say it again. You, ladies, are essential to God's plan. But now notice what the devil did in chapter 3 of the book of Genesis. He knew that as long as the woman viewed herself as a kingdom woman, he could not rule. So the devil entered the serpent, and he goes straight to the woman. Bypasses the man, goes straight to Eve. Now, he lies to Eve. Everybody say he lies to her. He uses the name God, hath God said. He uses Elohim, but he doesn't use Jehovah. He doesn't say Lord God. He says God, but did not include Lord. He said, has God said, not the Lord God, just God. So you see, Lord means relationship, God, and if the devil can separate you ladies from the relationship you have with God, he will let you keep your religion so he can dupe you into going the wrong way. And he's doing it all over America today. Far too many women are being duped by the devil today. Far too many women are being duped by the culture today. Far too many women are being distracted by what's happening in the world, losing contact with their husband up there and settling for anything down here. 
If you're single, you don't just need to know if that man believes in God. You want to know if he believes in the Lord God. Is that God his Lord? You see, the Bible says, Jesus said this, that many will say, Lord, Lord, but they don't know me. He said there will be many in that day that will say that. They know him like the devil knows him. They know he's God, but he's not their Lord. You see, the devil and all the fallen angels, the Bible says, believe that Jesus is God. Do you remember the man that had the legion of demons in him? They literally said, Son of God, have you come to torment us before our time? You see, the devils believe, the Bible says, and tremble. They don't believe and follow. They know he's God, but they will not serve God. And the Bible even says this about people in the book of Romans. It says that foolish men whose hearts have been darkened, they believe in God, but they would not serve him as God. And so their foolish hearts were darkened, even though they knew he was God. They would suppress that truth and believe something else. Have you ever gone to a mall and seen a live mannequin? They're a mannequin, but they're living. Years ago, I remember seeing this, and and it's amazing. And the only way that you can tell that this person is a real person, at least the way I could tell, is they they would blink ever so often. You just kept staring at them, and they, they would, at some point, they'd blink. And you're like, oh my goodness, that is real. And you know what people would try to do, some people? You can just imagine. They would go up to the window around that, that mannequin, and they would try to get that person to move. They, they, they would try to distract them, and they would, they would make noises, and they'd move their arms up and down and make faces at them in order to try to get them to move. That's what this world is trying to do to you. It's trying to distract you, to make you move off of what the Heavenly Father has called you to do as a woman of God and called you to be as a kingdom woman. You see, they're trying to get you to move. But if you know that your king has put you on display and set you up there, do not let this world and the order of this world cause you to budge because of the distracting movements that they are making. I am telling you, stand strong and know your value. Now, there was a man who went to an antique store one day, and he saw this dresser that he really, really liked, and he went to the lady who owned the store. And he asked her, how much is this dresser? And she said, well, that is $700. And he thought, well, maybe I can, you know, talk her down a little bit. Maybe we can get this better price. And so he said, well, would you take, would you take $400 for this dresser? And she said, no, the price is 700 But he said, well, what if I gave you $500? 
She said, no, the price is $700. He said, you, you wouldn't sell it for me for any less. And she said, let me explain to you why the price is $700. She said, this dresser belonged to my great-great-grandma. And when I got it, it was all beat up, and it was worn, and it needed a lot of work. So we sanded it down to perfection, and we tightened the legs, and we repaired it, and we restained it, and we varnished it so that it looks as good as it did when it was brand new. So he said, well, you know what? After you've told me all of that, since all that extra is there, I'll give you the 700 And she said, nah, it's going to cost 1000 And he said, what do you mean it's going to cost 1000 she said, he said, you said it was going to cost 700 And she said, yeah, but after I got explaining to you how valuable it is to me, I'm not going to sell it to you for that original price. It just went up 300 Now, when you leave this place today, I don't know what you think your value was when you came in here. But you are not leaving here cheap and devalued. Let me just say that. You're going to be fully realized and you're going to be fully valued for all that God has created you to be because he made you to be a woman of his kingdom. So what the devil, the, the, the devil did with Eve was he deceived her. And all of a sudden, her whole world, world begins to fall apart. Her marriage is in trouble. Later on, her children are born in conflict. Everything was in disarray. Her whole world is shattered. Childbirth would now not be an ex- a pleasant experience. It would be in pain. Ladies, do you know that's what sin did to childbirth? It wasn't supposed to be in pain. All of it was supposed to be pleasant. Everything would now be hard in the world. Things would be difficult. Now, some of you listening today, whether in this room or perhaps online, and you're listening to this, Maybe you're right now living in a difficult time in your life. Maybe it's your marriage that's fallen apart like Eve's did. Maybe it's divorce. Maybe it's abuse. Maybe it's your self-esteem has been crushed, and you have, have, have tuned in today, and you're saying, Lord, I'm just going to give it one more chance. And see if, is there a word from heaven for me today? Because I need something that will make my life worth living. That's why I love Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. God says there that the head of the serpent, let's look at that, Genesis three fifteen. The head of the serpent, I'll put enmity between you and And look at this, the woman. And between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise you on the head, capital H, he, and you shall bruise him on the heel. 
God says that the head of the serpent is one day going to get crushed by the seed, not the man, of the woman. So watch what happens. Watch what God does. Watch what our father does. Watch what your husband does. Satan started off messing with the woman, but God himself finished off with the seed of the woman. And the seed of that woman was Jesus himself. Now I want to ask you, what man was involved in the creation of Jesus? God bypassed the man. Do you see this? And he went to the woman. The only one who has ever been born of a virgin without an earthly father was Jesus. When Jesus was conceived, it was supernatural. God didn't use the man in that event. That's what he's meaning here. By the rule of God. I want to close this this morning with a $20 bill. This is a $20 bill. Now I have a crushed $20 bill. But in spite of the fact that I've crushed it, in spite of the fact that it is now a wrinkled mess, guess what? Still a $20 bill. Now if I take this $20 bill and I step on it, Now it is a crushed $20 bill and a stepped-on $20 bill, possibly a little dirty. But guess what? Oh, and now it's even a little bit torn. Is it still a $20 bill? How much is this worth? Still? I mean, it's been crushed. It's wrinkled. It's now old. It's wrinkled. Are you still worth a $20? Is it still worth the $20? Now, I'm not going to do it because I don't want to go that far. But if I tore this in two, would it still be worth $20 if I taped it back together? Still worth $20. Now, I want you to think about this. How many has the devil crushed? How many has the devil been out of shape? How many people has been stepped on? How many people, ladies, how many of you have been ripped in two, torn in two? But you're still valued by God 
as a woman of the kingdom. Now, Adam and Eve had to have gotten something right because one of their boys got it. Abel did it right. Cain did it wrong. And because Abel did it right, it made Cain angry, and he killed what was right. You see, the devil has constantly been wanting to kill what is right. He wants to kill your perception of you. He wants you to take what the world says about you, what commercials say about you, what your friends say about you, what Facebook says about you, what magazines say about you, and for you to believe that instead of what God says about you. But, Pastor, I look like this. Yeah, but God sees you perfect. So if you've been crushed, if you've been stepped on, if you've been dropped in the mud, and if you've been torn in two, God wants you to know, kingdom woman, you've not lost your value. And you've got to stand on this very foundation of value. And once you realize your value, you can now begin to let God take you into the rest of what we're going to study. Stand with me today. Lord, I thank you for every kingdom woman, every woman listening online, every woman in this room. I thank you, Lord, for calling them to be a woman of God, a woman of the kingdom. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that there is not one that is not reacquainted again with the value you've placed on them, how essential they are to the workings of the home, to the church, to the city, to the nation, and to the world. And Lord, I pray that as we dig deeper into this study, I pray, Lord, that every woman that is desiring to be a kingdom woman or a woman after your kingdom, Lord Jesus, would begin to walk in it in a brand new way. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all the people in agreement, would you just say a big amen? Amen. Love you guys. We'll see you next Sunday. You're dismissed.